Kora. I'm Damien Venuto. It's May 4th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. Government Minister Mecca Faitari has blindsided her bosses by announcing that she will resign from the Labour Party and stand for Te Pati Māori in the upcoming election. The move was so surprising that Prime Minister Chris Hipkins was only made aware of the news in London where he plans to attend the coronation of King Charles III. So what motivated Faitari to make the move? And what does it mean for a Labour Party so desperate to hang on to power? Today, on the front page, NZ Herald's Kopapa Māori editor, Joseph Losse, is on the podcast to explain the move that shocked Labour. Hi Joseph, thanks so much for joining us today. Ko tauperi te maunga, ko waikato te awa, ko Nāti Maniapoto, ko tānui me Nāti Tonga na iwi, ko te kotahi tangarawa ko nehi nui na marae, ko wahanui toko tupuna, ko tuake lose rawa ko Queenie Crib, Okumatua, ko Joseph Lose, toko hima, noreira. Joseph, so let's start with who Mecca Faitiri is. What position did she hold within the Labour Party and how senior is she? Well, Mecca is a cabinet minister who sits outside, so she sits outside the top 20, but she's in the top 25. Quite an extraordinary life, actually. From a freezing worker, she worked in she gained a master's degree in education at Victoria Uni, and um, she completed uh, national levels in both softball and netball and was selected by the Silver Ferns early in her career and travelled as a reserve player. Another interesting thing about her is that the Pani of the Reef statue is modelled on her Napier. So, you know, she's got quite a... <laughs> famous background. She's got quite a following too in her community. Yes, she has, because Ikaro Rafti is such a big electorate. She gets out and does the work out there. She's well known in the electorate, and that's why she's been hard to beat as a Labour MP. How did she first get into politics? I think she fell into it like a lot of people. Horomia Parikuru, who was the minister from 1999 when the seat was first developed, she was working for him, and then when Parikuru passed away, it was a natural progression that Mika step up and take his spot. There's only two names on that seat since 99, that's uh, Parakura and Mika. So things change very slowly when it comes to that seat. Yes, it's it's a very red seat. By her going to Te Party Māori, it's a great coup for the Māori Party, but it doesn't mean that she'll win it. You know, she's got to go out there and get the votes. It's been a true blue Labour seat, and that'll be tough for her to win her voters over to Te Party Māori. This morning, I have officially notified the Speaker that I have resigned from the New Zealand Labour Party and have joined Te Party Māori. The decision to cross the floor is not an easy one, but it's the right one. To Māori voters across the country, Te Party Māori sees you, we hear you and we will serve you. Joseph, we're obviously seeing a little bit of political wrangling here with a member of one party moving to another party. Is this the last we'll see of this in the lead-up to the election, or do you see the potential of more of this happening? I think there's a potential for movement in the next five months from party to party, from uh, you know, pillar to post, but it's really what's on offer, and do you leave a position like Mecca did, where she was guaranteed pretty much a seat back into Parliament, or do you go and go with your heart and... They call it Mika coming back to her whakapapa, which is probably right because she's more aligned to Te Pāti Māori values and kaupapa work than the Labour Party. If that is the case, why didn't she join them right in the beginning? Well, she, she was certainly shoulder-tapped, you know, if she wanted to join, but sometimes when you're in those positions of power where you sit already, giving it all up and giving it up for what? You know, it could be three years or six years of sitting on the dole. I'm not too sure. Given that she has now resigned, what happens next within that electorate? Will we see a by-election? What are the, the steps that follow from this? 
I can't see a by-election because it's close enough to the election where you don't need one. But what she will do is she will go and sit with Rawiri and she'll sit with Debbie where the Party Māori seat are in Parliament. You know, and those two have been quite big agitators against the government in this term. And having another Māori MP with them will add to the angst which is already going on. She was the Hawke's Bay Cyclone Recovery Minister. That role has changed from Stuart Nash to Mecca Faitiri. Now it's going to Kieran McAnulty. Do you think that that community might be losing confidence in the ability of the Labour Party to manage this crisis? I think to some extent, yes. But um, you know, it's, it's been a funny seat anyway down there. It's just a pity that some of their MPs, Nash and, and co, have uh, seen fit not to sort of look after their constituents. You've already touched on this, but Faitili has shown herself to be quite a capable campaigner, winning her seat convincingly against Heather Skipworth and Elizabeth Kerekere in the previous election. Do you think that there is a level of frustration on her part, given that she hasn't been given a more prominent role within the Labour Party? I suspect it has. This is not something which has just happened overnight. I think it dates back before she was dumped from Cabinet by uh, Jacinda Ardern in 2018 over some staffing accusations. It was pretty public outing, and uh, for full Māori, they, they don't like seeing their people treated that way. So I suppose that was the start of the end. On the topic of the allegations that Faitili faced earlier in her political career, what happened there? How did that saga unfold? And how is it that she stayed within the Labour Party despite being demoted? Well, it was allegations of some bullying by a staff member. Jacinda Ardern's team ran an investigation. They said while the stories didn't match up, there was some truth in the allegations. So she demoted Mecca out of cabinet, but left the door open that if, you know, over time and um, just to working hard, she could get back to cabinet, which she did do. Do you think that that cloud always hung over her career after that investigation? Oh, absolutely. As I said, Māori don't like seeing uh, Māori treated that way. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's always that reflection, why are you still in labour when they treat you like that? I know that she's been wooed by the Party Māori since then, almost signed up for 2020. But Willie Jackson managed to keep his MPs all in the tent and they got another three years and the only loss they took was Wairiki where Rawiri Waititi came through and established the Party Māori back in Parliament. Do you think there'll be some pressure on Willie Jackson now given that he didn't know that this was coming, that he didn't give anyone a heads up? There must be because Willie's the head of the Māori strategy team. If you don't know what your team's doing, then you can't notify your boss about what's going on. So there will be some pressure on Willie. You know, I think when they look back at what Willie Jackson has done over the past two governments. You know, he has done extraordinarily well for Māori, whether it be for Labour or, or to Party Māori. And I think this is just a misstep. Who knows what Willie knew or didn't know? I, I'm not too sure. Willie Jackson's also not been afraid to speak his mind in the past. So there's also that element that he is somebody who really advocates for his people. Yeah, well, Willie likes to scrap. He's from the days of where the louder you were, the more confrontation you, you were. But um, I think as an elder statesman now, well, he's sort of got to pull that back a bit and just speak on fact. Given what a strong campaigner Faitili is, do you think that she'll be able to turn that seat in her electorate to Te Pati Māori, or is that just too far? I think she's already got a great start because she's well known in that electorate. She gets around, she's around at Hui, she's around Komato. Any time there's a function, you'll usually find her around. Maybe not at the front, but out the back talking to all the people and um, the workers. And that, that's where she's normally found. And she's a very hardworking MP. If you're enjoying this episode of The Front Page, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts.
What do you make of the fact that Prime Minister Chris Hipkins was so blindsided that he only found out about this when he was in London to attend King Charles III's coronation? Yeah, that's a bit of a shocker. But, you know, they've been in recess for three weeks, so there hasn't been too much mingling going on. But you would still think that someone would have heard the rumblings of what's going on. And it only broke earlier this week. So, you know, Chris Hipkins was in the air. Blindsided? I'm not too sure blindsided, but certainly caught out. Nekka Whaiteri has been removed from her ministerial responsibilities. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins made the decision on confirmation of Mika Whaiteri's resignation from the Labour Party this morning. As Acting Prime Minister, I have advised the Administrator of the Government to give effect to that decision this morning. Obviously, we're disappointed in Mika Whaiteri's decision, but we are moving on. There has been some discussion about whether Labour could invoke the Walker jumping legislation in this case. What is that legislation? How does it work? And is there any likelihood of that happening? Well, no, they won't do that because um, that, that's for uh, <laughs> that's an extreme measure. And, and I think with five months till the election, it's a pointless exercise to go down. So I can't see it being invoked. Looking at the Faitali case in the context of Louisa Wall also leaving the Labour Party recently, do you think that there is growing frustration among some top Māori candidates within the Labour Party about management and the way that they're being treated? I wouldn't think so. You know, the Labour Party Māori caucus is strong mm-hmm. and uh, record numbers within there in the Cabinet. Louisa Wall was a managed exit and everyone knew it was coming. The fact now that she's considering standing for Te Party Māori and Manurewa comes back to almost bite them again, but, you know, that's politics Labour were probably well aware that when she went, they may not see the end of her. This move by the Party Māori, it's not the last you'll see leading up to this election. So there'll be all sorts of manoeuvres and shenanigans as each political party manoeuvres to where they want to be come election time. Joseph, the formation of Te Pāti Māori is quite interesting when viewed in the context of previous Labour actions. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, the Māori Party was um, created in 2004 when the seabed and foreshore issue was at the front of New Zealanders. Tariana Turia was a Labour Party member. She left Labour to establish the Māori Party. Ironically, at the same time, John Tamahiri was a Labour Party MP and he was defending the stand that Labour took during that debate. And now he's the Party Māori president. So I think it's funny, this world of politics, how things change. It's real funny how things go from one side to the other real quickly. She's walking away from a ministerial job. She's walking away from a sure thing. And she's walking into an unknown. But she's doing it for the mana of our people. Political analysts see the potential of the Māori Party and the Labour Party working together at the next election to form a government. Do you think that this scenario could hurt that potential alliance at all? No, in fact, I I think it actually strengthens it, where Labour has um, weakness in the Māori seats. The Party Māori have come in to fill those gaps. Now you're looking at, I thought maybe two, but probably three, possibly three or four seats going to Te Pāti Māori. That's uh, Rawiri Waititi, Debbie Ariwapaka. Maybe Mecca and maybe Tamaki Makoto. And, and it all depends on how the Māori voters are feeling come election time. How do you think the National Party is going to respond to all of this? I heard Christopher Luxon say that he, he possibly can't work with um, Māori Party. Now, I think it's too early for him to be making those calls. And he should really just say that come election time, they, they will have to work with who, who they're dealt with. Do you think that the Māori Party would be willing to work with National? I think the Party Māori will go with the party which offers Māori the best deal. Joseph, looking at the situation from both sides, how do you think the saga reflects on both Labour and Whaiteri? Well, it reflects well for um, Te Pāti Māori. They come out of this absolute winners. As for the internals between um, Labour and Whaiteri, 
there's obviously been background things going on which uh, we aren't we haven't been privy to that she's now decided to cross the floor and uh, go and join the party party thanks for joining us joseph got it that's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.